You're listening to Espresso Jams, short, concentrated, delicious conversations about business, technology, and entrepreneurship. If you're just starting out on your business adventure or you're a seasoned business professional, I'm sure you'll find value in these short conversations. Espresso Jams is brought to you by Apexable, providing the tools, insights, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Espresso Jams. Today, I'm excited to have Gene Hamilton Ford with us. Now, Gene helps business owners increase their impact and influence and make more money through the power of intentional language and communication. Welcome to the show, Gene. Thank you very much, Joe. It's wonderful to be here. So first off, Jean, tell our audience where you hail from today. Well, I'm in the UK right now, but I'm an American and I'm also a Brit right now because I have my British citizenship. So, but I've been here for over 21 years. Oh, wow. So do you feel you, you've gotten more, you're more British now than when you went there? <laughs> Can I, say I that? don't know Just if I'm more British or not. <laughs> But I, I think it's it's true of any country, uh, you know, passing the British naturalization exam, a lot wow. of Brits probably couldn't pass it. In well, America, to become naturalized, I'll bet you a lot of Americans couldn't pass it. That's true, yes. So let me ask you, do you drink tea or coffee? I drink water. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink tea or coffee anymore. I used to drink coffee, then I switched to tea, and now I'm on water. Okay. Well, very good. And um, we have something really interesting to talk about today, which, which involves language and personal core messaging. Um, it is so, so neat to talk about language because I speak three languages because I lived oh. overseas. So language is kind of important. Um, I guess it's important to everyone, right? <laughs> it's important to everybody. Sure enough. So tell me about intentional language. Intentional language is language on steroids. That's probably the best way to describe it. Because the language that we typically use is very unconscious. It's very automatic. You know, when you ask someone how they're doing, a lot of times you get fine or I'm okay. Mm -hmm. It's not intentional language. That's almost reactive language. Intentional language means that you really consider what you're going to say before you say it. You're going to consider how you say it, and you're going to consider who you're saying it to. So when you're intentional, you become more conscious of the words you're using and the way that you're using them. Because when you start conveying your message, you want your message to be as clear and clean as possible to whomever you're addressing. So is that a habit that one would develop through a, a process of developing that habit? You know, it takes a bit of time to really get into using intentional language because we're so, we're so used to doing it very unconsciously. It's kind of like walking. So, you know, Joe, I'm sure you can walk pretty well. You can get from your seat to the door, to the bathroom, to your kitchen. Most days. You can get around your house okay, no problem, right? Most days, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think about walking or do you just go from point A to point B? That's right. I just think about from point A to point B. Yeah. But um, I have to think about every single step I take. And intentional language is kind of doing that. It goes from thinking about what result you want from whatever it is you're trying to convey to thinking about every single word you're saying. And it takes practice. It takes a little bit of energy. But like anything, once you do it enough, it becomes very easy to do. Right. I would imagine it does take some time. And I, I notice your, your rhythm in speaking is very well paced. There are pauses in between. And I almost feel like I'm modeling that now. Um, <laughs> normally... I don't speak this way, but you're, <laughs> you're having this effect it, on me, Jean. It's a little contagious, I, I admit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the more you implement that and the more you practice it, the more you find that you're not using unnecessary words. You're using words that actually have meaning and they have a bit of oomph behind them and they have a bit more power behind them because you're actually saying exactly what it is you mean to say i like the oomph that has power <laughs> yes it does doesn't it <laughs> you used to be a tuba player didn't you oh my gosh no <laughs> i i <laughs> learned the gene i i learned early on i was much better at listening to music than making music mm. yes we won't go there joe yes i no, know no. about that little quartet <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, no, don't mention that. <laughs> you did see that video, did you? I did see that video. So that was very intentional of us. I, it very much was, yes, I agree. We were not out there to make any any um, amazing music. We were there to have fun and bring smiles to all those who listen to it throughout the world. Yeah, I think you did that really well. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh, for those listening, we're, got, we're just going to put this out there. Go to YouTube and Google the Mats Quartet. It's a fun video. That's the video, yeah. So back to intentional language. Are, when you're speaking with intention, is the intention something that you, you want from the person you're speaking with? Are you looking for a certain reaction? I don't ever look for a particular reaction. I don't think it's possible to predict how someone will react because we don't know where anyone is at any time in, in their lives. No. For all I know, Joe, you could be having a problem with a child or you could have just lost someone near to you. But if you don't tell me that, I don't know that. And I don't know exactly what's going on inside of you. So I can't predict exactly how you're going to react. But as long as I intend my message with a bit of good humor and a bit of love, typically it falls on fertile ears and a willing heart to listen. So I don't worry too much about the reaction of the person. I think Intentional language also helps whoever is using it, use it in a way that 
they can help guide and direct what they want to see in their lives. So if I wanted to help you with a problem, if I wanted to help you with something in your life, then my intentional language would include forensic questioning. Hmm. Okay. So when you speak about the intention, it's, it's more of an, an internal intention to communicate your message. That is always and only really what we can do. We can't be responsible for someone else's reaction or response to us fully. You know, we can intend to communicate with all kinds of different energy. I could intend to communicate anger if I wanted to, or hatred, or disgust, or any of those kinds of emotions, but they don't go very far. Typically, they close down the person on the other side. And if you want to communicate, you need that open channel. Yes, it's so important to not close down communication. And I, I have heard that uh, numerous times by statements that are, and you can help me with the wording here, Jean, they're, they're statements that are um, definitive Close. statements. Uh, Close-ended statements. Close-ended, yes. Uh-huh. As in, if I wanted to talk about drinking coffee and espresso, you might close me down by saying, I don't drink coffee. Well, I might you, do that. You, you might. I don't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I might say, I just drink water. And that might also close you down. But it could also open up a whole nother thing. Mm, yes, that's true. You know, right. water is not the same the world over. So you can drink filtered water. You can drink bottled water. You can drink all kinds of, you know, flavored water. Uh, I just drink plain old water. Okay. And if I wanted to continue along that path, I could, or I could close you down. You could. And we'd move on to maybe another subject. There you go. Okay. Yes. And I really like what you say about you can't control the reaction of someone else Mm -hmm. because we don't know where they are. And what we can do is improve our communication skills with intention Mm -hmm. so that what we communicate is what is transmitted, what the picture from our mind, then we translate, transmit into someone else. And if they're receptive, that's awesome. If they're not, then that's okay. We've done what we can do. We've done what we can do. Yes. Am I on the right path there in thinking about the picture that we might translate from one mind to another? Well, there is that possibility, but not everyone has the same lens. So we all have different filters that we filter messaging through. So your picture might be pristine to you, but by the time it gets to the person you're trying to communicate with, it may have already gone through all kinds of filters and be from a pristine photo to a cartoon by the time it gets there. I used to say when I spoke from stage and talking about communication, I would say, I'm going to say a word and I want you to form a picture in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I would say dog. And then I would ask people, what picture came to your mind? You can imagine the variety of dogs that came to mind. Yes. Yes. And this is why we all have a problem with communication if we're not willing to actively listen 
forensically question and intentionally use language. So you mentioned forensic questions or forensic questioning. Could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Forensic questioning can be as simple as what is it you mean by that? Forensic questioning can also be um, more, more with active listening. So you hear something and you say, wait just a minute, can we back up a second? Because I didn't quite get that. Can you say that again? And you ask someone to do that again. And you say, can you tell me exactly what you mean by that? Because this is what I got. So there's also the what else questioning. So I can ask you, Joe, you know, if I ask you about the color blue, what do you associate that with? Right. Well, I have a blue background here. You do. And what else? I have a blue shirt. And I, what else? Um, the sky. Freedom. And what un, else, Joe? Un, what else? Unlimited um, expanse. Yes. So you see, we can go on and on with the what else questions mm. until you run out of what you associate blue with. But the more I ask what else, the closer I get to what blue is to you. Right. So it's a very simple question, isn't it? It is. Is it along the same line as tell me more? It is a little bit about a tell me more. But when you ask tell me more, you're asking them to diverge. When you ask what else, you're asking them to stick with the question you asked in the first place. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Subtle difference, but very important. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And how have you found communication to, to change or what have you needed to do in England um, to be able to communicate? Or, or was it just the same as living in the U.S.? It's not the same as you living in the U.S., I promise. It's, a, it's different in the way that, uh, like in the U.S., everyone has different dialects and different language they use in different regions over here is the very same in that context, but the language is quite different. So, you know, you get the Cockney um, slang, you know, where plates of meat, meaning your feet, you know, that kind of rhyming slang. And you get all kinds of words that you never hear in the US like loo. It's like, what the heck is a loo? Well, it's a bathroom. And, you know, they don't know what bathroom is for the most part over here, unless they've been traveling. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's that too, because we have people coming in from different countries all the time in this small little Island of millions of people. And the problem is, is they bring all of that with them too. So everyone goes through a lot of cultural exchange and a lot of flexible thinking and use of language. And as long as you stay playful and curious, you're okay. Yes. But the moment you think you've got to be right you're wrong. Right. Yes. So true. And in communication, like we mentioned in the very beginning, we don't know where someone is or don't even what their someone. references are. Yes. There are cultural references that we are very familiar with in the U.S. But if we use those in communication in Brazil or England or anywhere in the world, they may not have that same cultural reference. Yes. Yes. And, um, I loved going to London um, because of the diversity of people in London. It mm -hmm. is a rainbow 
of <laughs> colors of people and movement and it, it just smells just, and clothing uh, and I, yes all of it i found it mm -hmm. wonderful just just mm -hmm. beautiful mm -hmm. yes yeah. and noise different sounds different sounds yes mm -hmm. yes and um i went there from italy with my son one time it's one of my trips there we took a long weekend to england and we went to london and where I lived in Italy, 98% of the population was Italian. Ah, yes. And, and I remember getting into downtown London and just, wow, this is so beautiful. So many colors, so many, so many people, so from different cultures. It just was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It's a it's an amazing environment to find yourself in for sure. And that when you're first in that environment, it can be quite overwhelming and quite confusing because you know streets aren't named streets you, everything in the states is so sterilized to a degree mm. over here you know they have um drives they don't have necessarily streets and um they have these little strange place names for different roads and different avenues and i'm trying to think of them as i'm speaking but i can't but some of them are quite fun and some fun. of them yeah quite fun. <laughs> uh, like oh privet drive is one of them you'll see that in harry potter but there is actually a privet drive oh. it's like what the heck is a privet right <laughs> you these kinds of things make you wonder but they are so much fun when you come across the different words the different language and as long as you're curious it opens up a whole new world for you yes Yes. What were some of the changes that you needed to make in your communication and intentional language when you first moved over to England? I had to learn to shut up. <laughs> Was that difficult for you? <laughs> well, yes. I had to learn to be quiet because if I wasn't quiet, I wouldn't hear what I needed to hear. And a lot of times... Uh, an American voice in some of these situations is uh, a way for people to want to hike up prices and take advantage of you because a lot of people think Americans are rich. Mm. So if they hear an American voice automatically, they, they want to hike up prices on you or there is still some pockets of prejudice about Americans. Uh, some people love them and some people hate them over here. Sure, so, of course. You know, wherever you go, it's it's about neighborhoods and environments. And the best thing you can do is just be quiet and listen and observe hmm. before you interact. But I think that's true of anywhere you go traveling. I think that's true. I think that's true also in the U.S. to assess the atmosphere that you're in. If you're in a new atmosphere, mm -hmm. a new situation, um, it's always good to assess before and maybe even before speaking, but before, um, yeah, before speaking. Well, before speaking and definitely assess the thoughts you're having about your assessment before you speak. Oh my god! Because gosh. that's coming I, through your own filters. And those thoughts can be very much tied to emotion. If you're in a strange place, you're already probably a little fearful because it's unknown to you. And if you're not careful, your language will convey that. So you really have to assess what you're thinking about first, what you're feeling before you can think about the words you're going to say. Right. It, 
it sounds like we're influencing the spontaneity of conversation with all this thinking and intention. It does sound that way, doesn't it? But it is more resourceful and it will get you farther if you simply take a moment to consider your environment, your feelings, the person you're communicating with, and the best way to speak to them so that your message gets conveyed. And I guess it sounds like a lot, like when you first ride a bicycle or drive Mm -hmm. a car, there's so much going on in your conscious mind about yes. how to do that, keep your balance, keep your eyes on the road, tend to shift, clutch, all of that. And, um, but then it becomes natural, right? Yes, it does. Everything does when you practice what you need. It's practice, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I yes. imagine you have, um, well, let's, let's um, go here, if we may. For our listeners today, Jean, what mm-hmm. would you like to leave as a, as a big takeaway from our conversation? Well, we really haven't talked much about personal messaging. And I think if you want to examine what your personal message is, there are three main questions you need to ask. You first need to ask who you are. That's the first question. And you really need to follow that question up with what else, at least half a dozen times, if not more. Because until you actually ask yourself over and over and over who you are and what else and what else and what else, then you don't really drill down to who you are. A lot of times people stop with one or two because they think, oh, that's enough. But the more you ask that question, what else, the more you reveal. The second question I think you need to ask yourself is, why am I? Why am I? And a lot of people will say that goes to purpose, and it probably does. But it's important to know why you are here now. And besides the what am I, it is how am I? How am I? How am I feeling? How am I doing? So really, those three questions, when you get them tied together, will bring up a lot about who you are, what you are about, and how you are in the moment. You know, your personal messaging will change over time. But the more you ask those questions, the more you will see the patterns shift. And the more you will find that if you want to do something different, you can actually ask yourself to do that by using those questions. How how am I doing right now with this? How am I doing with this in the future? What am I in this moment? What am I in 10 minutes, five minutes, 20 years, however long you want to take it? Those are really wonderful questions just to sit and reflect with. And the more what else you put with them, the deeper you will go and the more you will reveal. Uh, yes, very powerful questions, and even more powerful, I think, the more you ask, what else? Yes, exactly. But that's usually best facilitated than doing it on your own, because, sure. like I said, people give up too quickly, mm. because when it gets a bit more difficult to come up with answers, they want to stop, and that's really the opportunity to keep going. Right. 
one or two more answers after that. It will tell you so much more mm. if you're willing to be honest with yourself. Yes, and it's, I think it, you're right. It's really important to have someone who will not let you get away with just the mm -hmm. easy answers. Yes, yes. And Gene, if someone wants to know more, wants more Gene, <laughs> how can they get in touch with you? What's the best well, they can, they can visit my website if they want to. I have a personal website and it's uh, genehamilton-ford.com. I'm sure you'll share that in the show notes for me. Yes. And, and for those that, who are too lazy to look at the show notes, there is two Fs in Ford. There is. Um, and if you will uh, do that for me, that would be helpful. Okay. I, the contact form out there is probably the best way. So okay. they can reach out through the contact form and get to me. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I'm, I think I'm the only Gene Hamilton Ford with two F's in the surname, double-barreled in, in the world. So they can find me out there on LinkedIn or Facebook if they really want to. Yeah, to reach great. Out. Well, that, that's a lot of avenues. So that's super. Gene, it has been a great pleasure, and I have enjoyed our conversation tremendously. Me too. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with us, and have a great evening. It's morning here, but I know it's evening over there. It's getting there. It's in the <laughs> late afternoon here, so yes. Very good. Well, thank you again, and we'll talk sooner. We certainly will. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso Jams. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your preferred channel and never miss another episode. If you'd like more business tips on technology, entrepreneurship, and doing better, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Matz, that's J-O-E-M-A-T-Z, or go to my website, apexable.com, that's apex-able.com. I'm your host, Joe Matz, wishing you an awesome day.